This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker on the BetQL Audio Network. Yeah, it's setting in. The uh, football season, unfortunately, is now over. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are champions. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. We are live on the radio.com app and the Bet 1430 in Denver. Weekdays 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, 8 to 11 a.m. Mountain on the Bet 1430 in Denver. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and you can watch us at radio.com slash betql dash Daily. Let's find out how much the books crushed the betters because uh, they had a terrific Sunday. And we visit with Chuck Esposito. Uh, follow them on Twitter at Station Casinos. He's a race and sports book director for Station Casinos. Uh, Chuck, all right, give it to us. We know you were heavy on Chiefs money. You closed at three, the total closed at 55 and a half. So you get the dog in the under. Um, so I had to imagine it was a it was a big party, even though there weren't a lot of people there for the sports books on Sunday. Yeah, I think you know overall. I first I was you know kind of stunned the way that uh, uh, Tampa dominated from the onset, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I know that Brady played a, a good game and he had the the TDs and he was extremely efficient and Fournette ran well, but just really impressed with that defense. And really the key for us was. Uh, I think as an industry is that the game stayed under. Although the total did drop, that was more due to uh, respected play. And the public was all over the over. I mean, every parlay to either team, especially Tampa on the money line, uh, was to the over. So keeping the game under, I think, was uh, uh, paramount uh, as far as the industry went, you know, creating a, a pretty good day across the board. Uh, props in the parlay card also um, were, were pretty good on this game. So overall, guys, it was uh, it was a good outcome uh, for our side of the counter. You know, Chuck, I want you to hit that home for the listeners. We've got some new listeners um, in Denver and out in L.A. that in terms of even though the public was all over the over, the number still came down from where it was because of what you called respected play. Because I still think there are people, and we've been educating them on the show, that it's not just balancing the money, that a lot of times you're moving the lines based on where they're respected betters are go- coming in. Yeah, that's that's true. That in many cases, guys, and for the listeners, uh, respected play is, is valued quite higher. And you may make an adjustment off a, a lower respected play than you will just off the uh, just the normal play across your counters. And in this case, it did seem like the, the sharper respected play was, was on the under, that you saw some of the larger bets uh, come across um, on the under from, from that group where the public just continued to, the guests were, you know, every parlay, if it was Chiefs, uh, 
you know, minus three was to the over. If it was Tampa, either plus the points or on the money line to win the game outright, it was to the over. And when you looked at parlays to the over, um, it was a huge ratio compared to the under. Yet the straight bet uh, from, again, from respected play was clearly on the under which kind of caused us to drop the number. So we were rooting for the side of the respective players uh, in this particular case, if that helps clarify it a bit. Chuck, we had heard from uh, numerous sportsbook directors around town by you out in Las Vegas that the Bucks went in the Super Bowl. As far as just the futures book, that was the worst case scenario with all those 50, 60 to 1 early tickets out there based on speculation that Brady would land down there in Tampa Bay. Uh, how did you guys do with the futures book? Yeah, we were in much better shape, guys, with the Chiefs. Uh, it was it was pretty much just a, a very small decision um, with, with Tampa um, on the future book. You're right, they actually bet that team even before um, they acquired Brady. It was a kind of a steady drop in odds, um, you know, leading up to the season. We were in worst case. The team that actually was the, the worst we were with was Buffalo, that they really, um, you know, backed Buffalo a lot. But um, KC would have been a better outcome as far as the future book. But again, it was a very, very small uh, decision with, with Tampa. So didn't get hurt by it, but it wasn't nearly as good as uh, saying having Kansas City just win the game as far as future book went. But uh, props were good. I think, you know, a lot of the offensive props, we did not do good. And I think the, the guests and the players did really well on the Gronk props. Anything involving Gronk, they did really, really good on it. You know, you look at Gronk, he had over 100 yards receiving the first time these two teams played. And the prop was 30 and a half. Uh, yards and to Gronk to score a touchdown and the first touchdown being Gronk, uh, they cleaned up on that one. But overall, um, a lot of the offensive props with, with keeping a lot of the Chiefs, especially out of the end zone, were, were really good for our side of the counter. What, Chuck, like how big are the props compared to the total on the side? I mean, I don't know if you know offhand, but like, is it a third, a third, a third? Is it 50% on the spread, 25% on the total. Like what can you give us some idea of what the handle is for the props versus the total on the spread? Yeah, I mean, we kind of couple the the total and the, the spread in together. We look at the game itself and, and then you and then you break down the props and everything else on the game. And you know, as an industry guys, it, it's it's almost a 50-50 split. And in some cases, uh, some of these games, you've actually seen the props uh, be more than what you take on the game in total. I mean, there was a thousand different ways to bet the game, and you don't have to like Kansas City or Tampa. Um, you just carry around one of these colored prop packets that has 21 pages, and you know every just about play that you can imagine that's going to go on in the game, and every player there's some prop tied to them. So they've become a much bigger part. And, and again, I, I think you could make a fair case that at the very least. It's a 50-50 split, if not more, in favor of the props. So you mentioned that the betters did well with the Gronk props. I assume that means first touchdown of the game and two-plus touchdowns in the game and yardage and all that stuff. But uh, what about some other specific props? Any standout that uh, you guys did very well on? Uh, yeah, we, we, we were clearly rooting against Gronk to win MVP. <laughs> um, the price was uh, fairly high in him. And when he had two touchdowns, as efficient as Brady was at that point, really worried of, you know, if Gronk had three or four, that possibly they could be a co-MVPs um, or, or maybe it could go Gronk's way. But we were rooting against that. Um, there was a, the fact there was no two-point conversion. Um, no, the game did not go into overtime. There was no safety. 
Uh, those were all really good uh, props for us guys. Um, betters did extremely well on um, Godwin receiving yards. We had an index up on that, and the fact that his receiving yards were so low, um, they did really well because the odds were so high on that. Um, player to score first touchdown, the fact there was none for the Chiefs was not good for us. Um, will either team score three unanswered scores? And the Chiefs did the first time they met. That did not occur yesterday. The players did really well on that prop, too. But overall, uh, the props, again, and, and the parlay card uh, shook out pretty well uh, for us. Chuck, do you know offhand how many people, if anybody, had Devin White for MVP at, at, and at what odds? Because I'm fascinated by that. I don't know um, what the um, how many tickets or how many people had it, but uh, I mean you're definitely right about the odds. I mean he was going to get a uh, was going to be a high price as far as uh, MVP went, and we list a, a lot of uh, defensive guys, and I think he was somewhere in the range of you know sixty or seventy to one uh, to open up. I mean we saw Von Miller do it uh, a few years ago, um, so there definitely was tickets on that. And they bet some of the defensive guys just because of the value, guys, that, you know, a small investment is going to pay out a huge chunk if it happens to be a really low-scoring game and you get a defensive player to have a couple of sacks and turnovers and maybe uh, pick up a fumble or INT for a touchdown. So I think it was about 60 or 70 to 1. But I can tell you we definitely had some tickets on Devin White. Uh, this is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. Our guest, Chuck Esposito, Race and Sportsbook Director for Station Casinos. So this is going to be a wild offseason for you uh, to keep a close number on those futures odds because not only do you have the new quarterback in town in Tom Brady go all the way and win the Super Bowl with his new team after recruiting some offensive weapons down to Tampa Bay. But we're going to see the most quarterback movement I think that we've ever seen Chuck this offseason. And it sounds like uh, we already had the Stafford trade. It sounds like the Wentz one is next. And probably once one domino falls, there's going to be a bunch of them. It, it feels like half the league is going to have different starting quarterbacks uh, next season. Uh, what's your what's your approach going to be to this NFL offseason? It's, it's going to be like the NBA. <laughs> it is, Joe. I mean, it's funny that you said it because I was going to say the same thing. I mean, we actually have next year's up already to win next year's championship, and that was part of our uh, packet that we put out. So even before this game was played, you know, over a week before, 10 days before, we had next year's up. And I think you look at the top of the board, Chiefs, Packers, Bucks, Bills, Ravens, there's definitely consistency at quarterback there. But then it starts to get a little bit dicey. And you're right, we saw – you know, the Rams dropped considerably. Their odds were cut basically in half after picking up Stafford. Uh, a lot of rumblings that appears that Chicago and Indy are the favorites for when. But there's so many teams right now that have major question marks. And, you know, there, there's five guys that look to go in the first round of the draft, especially with, with Fields and, and, and Lawrence and, and uh, Zach Wilson um, being kind of at the top. And, and Trey Lance and Mac Jones after that is maybe a little bit of a wild card is Trey Lance. But I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of movement. And I think you look at a lot of the teams in the middle of kind of the, the future book odds, and there's definitely some value there based on what happens. And in this league, I think this league in the NHL, because of a, more of a hard salary cap and the way free agency is structured, uh, teams can, can bounce back pretty quickly, um, as we saw with Tampa. So I think there's some value with a lot of teams on the board. But you're absolutely right, guys. Major, major question marks for at least half the league at quarterback. Chuck, what will you take from this year 
into next year when you're setting the line, in particular as it relates to home field advantage? Let's say we get full stadiums next year. Has your opinion changed at all one way or the other as to how much to value home field in the NFL? I think it has. I think we've always said, guys, that, you know, playing a game in Lambeau or an Arrowhead or in, in um, uh, the Superdome or playing with the 12th man in Seattle, that it makes a huge difference. And I think from a kind of a momentum standpoint, we, we saw that this year. Um, although, you know, when you watch a game, you're not seeing the stands as much as, as you do sort of in the NBA, NHL or MLB. And they, you know, you, from a viewer standpoint on TV, they pipe the sound in. But you could still tell from a momentum standpoint that it wasn't quite the same. So I think if they're all back, I think you're going to see that even more. I mean, can you imagine the way Buffalo played this year to, to have that home crowd there or the role that Tampa went on, you know, towards the end of the year or Cleveland at home with a full stadium there? I think there's definitely an impact there. And I think we'll, we'll look pretty quickly to, to start evaluating that and going back to what our power ratings say is a home, is what points are worth for a home field advantage, especially for about, you know, 10 to 12 teams in the league. Chuck, doing this a long time, you know how this league works. Uh, The teams that we saw in the playoffs, a lot of them are going to be swapped out and there's going to be some fresh teams that show up in the postseason or maybe even make a deep run next year. Are, Are there any teams that won their division or maybe even got to the final four that, that you expect some regression for in the 2021 season? You know, the, the final four, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you, you could you look at the you know teams that made the playoffs, and, of course, if Breeze retires, um, you know, the Saints, is it going to be Winston or, or Hill? We know how much uh, Sean Payton loves Hill there. Um, we, we've seen the Rams make the trade for Stafford already. I think a team, guys, that, that's kind of right on the, the cusp there, that we didn't get too crazy and make their odds too high, is the 49ers. Um, you know, we've seen that organization with uh, with Lynch and Shanahan um, be able to still be competitive, even with all those injuries. Not sure if it's Garoppolo or what they ultimately end up doing, but if they get healthy, um, I think that team in that division is still really, really good. And a team that I like, too, I, I think is that Charger team. I mean, they lost so many games by, by one score. I know they're in a tough division. Um, you know, with, with the Chiefs, of course, but they have all the pieces in place. I mean, you look at the development of Justin Herbert and the offensive skill position players they have, I think, are really, really good. And the Colts, too, have all the weapons to, to get there. It's just what ultimately is going to be the guy who's uh, under center there. But I think those three teams, for me, kind of stand out as, as teams that they might possess some value with uh, heading into the season on the future before. Chuck, last question. Got about... 30 seconds here. How how quickly do people start betting on the futures? Like, have you seen a decent amount of money already? Was it happening last night? Is it happening this morning? Or is it just something you guys put up, but people don't really hit it for a couple of weeks? They hit it right away. I mean, as soon as it's out there in the packet, I mean, they're looking for value, guys. And, you know, uh, we saw some bets come in on the Rams right away, even though we, you know, we dropped their odds. Um, we didn't drop them significantly enough, I didn't think, when the Stafford uh, trade first went down. And uh, we dropped them slightly, and you saw some bets come in, and, and we had to evaluate that even more. I think with trade and free agency and going into the combine and kind of rumors that are out there, and especially with all the question marks about these teams, people are definitely looking for value and betting the future book odds right now.
Chuck Esposito, Race and Sportsbook Director for Station Casinos. Chuck, thank you so much for your time this morning on BetQL Daily. All right, guys. Always enjoy being on with you. Look forward to chatting soon. <laughs> we will be doing that. You know, the, the football world wakes up this morning. It's about Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, and also, uh, yeah, like the Niners and the Chargers for next year. It's going to be uh, another fun, fun season.